We're here with Colleen Green. Hey, Colleen, how's it going? Hi, uh, it's going good. How are you guys doing? Yeah, doing all right. Um, yeah, uh, I, I actually, I, um, I want to say before we get started, uh, happy early birthday. Thank you. Yeah, uh, it's funny. I was just looking at, uh, I was looking up earlier, and I was like, oh shit, October twenty third. Yeah. Happy How birthday. did you find that tidbit of info? Uh, a good friend over at Wikipedia helped me out on that one. <laughs> oh, okay. That's a good place. <laughs> yeah. I did some real deep diving and mm -hmm. yeah, went through some old internet, uh, through the old annals of the internet. But yeah, no, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy birthday. You doing anything? I know it's uh, like wild times, but are you doing anything special or anything for your birthday? <laughs> uh, no, no plans really. Just trying to eat some really good food and uh, drink a couple cocktails and maybe watch a scary movie. Oh, nice. Yeah, I was watching um, The Shining last night. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> are you um, still out in so LA? Yes, I am. You, it's not like you made a comeback to Massachusetts like so many people did during, during this. <laughs> Nope, I'm still in LA. That's cool. Yeah, um, yeah. Glenn and I were talking about earlier. I think when we first we first met you in um, it was actually I do remember the date. It was uh, April 29th, 2011. It was at the Star Lab, and you were playing with the White Wires. They were from playing from. Uh, they were like, oh wow, yeah, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it is. it's funny because I didn't realize, uh, I think we actually, that was the first time we had met you um, as well, but it, it was funny is that like, I didn't realize that you were originally from Massachusetts and then that you had gone to over to LA. Yeah. So, so yeah, I was actually wondering, uh, so you're originally from Dunstable, right? Right. Okay. And then, um, and you played in the the band Fenwick. Uh, yes. Okay, cool. And that was, um, that was in Massachusetts. So, like, what what time frame was that? That was like uh, high school. Like, um, I don't know, two thousand, like two thousand, two thousand three. Okay. Uh, wow. Yeah, because. Glenn and I have been doing some like just some like digging through some old like Boston stuff and just some old show stuff and like um we were kind of curious about your time in, in Boston before you um went over to, to LA. Uh-huh. Um well you went to UMass Lowell, right? Right. Okay, yeah, because I went there. I remember us talking about that at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um yeah, because I, I know you, and then you went over to LA in, what, it's like 2010 or something? Um, I moved to Oakland in 2008, and then oh. I moved to LA at the end of 2009, yeah. Okay, oh wow, all right. Right, so going back to like, with Fenwick, so that was in between high school and college? Uh, it was like... Well, wait, 
when I played in Fenwick. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was like my high school band. Okay, cool. Yeah. Uh, so you are also playing out in, in Boston as well as like in, like I'd say, I know you're Dunstable, were you playing in like out in Boston as well? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, because yeah, we like uh, we're not as familiar with that like time frame. I think it was a little before our time, so it's kind of like uh, you know that part of like the scene is still like we're still kind of like digging up old stuff and learning, but all that. Oh stuff. yeah, because yeah, like, uh, is that considered Dunstable? Was that considered? I know we talked to some people in the two thousands and stuff. And they used to talk about a North Shore scene, which was weird. I mean, kind of weird to us because it's a little bit before our time. But was that something that you experienced, like going to different towns in the North Shore and playing like B, uh, whatever they call VFW halls and other certain spaces that were like DIY? Yeah, um, I don't know too much about, like, any scene, really, but um, I I remember going to shows in Salem, um, going to and playing shows in, like, Salem and Saugus and Lynn, uh, Gloucester, Rockport. Oh, that's cool. like that. Yeah. yeah oh, okay. So Yeah, we're from Wakefield, so... Right, right there. I don't Wakefield. Think, yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's also sort of on the North Shore as well. Um, uh huh. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, because we've talked to some people. Yeah, that definitely mentioned like Gloucester and and, and Salem, and yeah, you know, I've been to Salem a little bit. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, and I've seen you play in Wool before. I remember actually, mm -hmm. like the night after it, you played like Middle East upstairs, in time that you played in Wool. Oh yeah. Uh, the next night. Yeah, no, totally. Um, and uh, okay, and then so the, the Have Mercies, is that it, then after Fenwick? Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, and that's also Massachusetts? Uh, yeah, we, we started in Boston and then we moved to Oakland together. Oh, okay, cool. So I was going to say then, so that, yeah, so then going with solo with Colleen Green was, I know that you, you had done that in, right, you had started that in, in, o in Oakland, right? No, I, I didn't start doing that until I moved to LA, actually. Oh, okay. All right. Gotcha. Um, and then, so it's funny, I was actually, with my Milo Goes to Compton, I was listening to, or, or rather I watched this documentary, or not even documentary, it was like a Zoom interview. Uh, today with Milo and Bill, uh, Bill Stevenson, the drummer, mm -hmm. and they were talking about the how Milo goes to college got made. Um, yeah, no, was, they just did it recently, but I imagine obviously I know you've covered them a bunch, and uh, or maybe not a bunch, right? But you did cover Descendants, right? Yeah, I've covered good, good things. Yeah, okay, that's what I'm thinking of. Yep. Yeah, totally. And uh and then um where was I going? <laughs> I don't know, I'm losing my train of thought, but uh 
But yeah, you were watching um, the Descendants. Oh yeah, yeah, interview? yeah. Yeah, no, I, I, yeah, definitely recommend it. Um, if you're a Descendants fan, which obviously you are. <laughs> yeah, maybe I'll check it out. Yeah, totally. Um, so, uh, have you been working on anything recently? Um, not really. Uh, I haven't really been doing any music at all. Um, I've mainly just been like working on art and stuff. Oh, cool. Yeah. Cause I, I know you do the, the illustrations on the albums and everything. Um, mm -hmm. cool. Is, is it stuff like that? Um, I, well, I have a website where people can order like custom drawings for oh, me. Okay. So I've just been kind of like, like living off that basically like you can order drawings or t-shirts uh so yeah i've uh I, I have a lot of orders that i've just been kind of working through for the past okay. few months yeah oh that's awesome um yeah so colleengreen.com <laughs> It's ColleenGreen420.com. Oh, yeah. Oh, okay. Awesome. Yeah, sweet. Um, I know. Yeah, I remember. Wait, what were you going to say? No, I think uh, that, like, when you were playing that Star Lab show, I, I didn't, obviously, I think I was a little bit starstruck at the time because, you know, I was a, I was a big fan. Um, but, yeah, the 420... I'm, I'm, I think I remember mentioning it, but I didn't want to sound like, I wanted to ask about it because I was just starting to get into weed at the time, but I didn't also want to be kind of like weird, but I'm sure maybe you get like other people, do a, do a lot of people mention the 420 or has that like died down? Uh, like mention it, how? Like you have a reputation as a stoner. Uh-huh. I remember seeing like, cause you've, cause it was like Colleen Green 420 and I was like 420 just starting to get into weed. So I guess I don't know what I'm really trying to say, but I think it's I cool. I think you're just <laughs> also a little nervous at the time. Uh, it was like, actually, I was saying in general, like we had just been started to go into shows. Like I think that was our first house show in Boston. Oh. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. It's actually funny because we thought that you know that star lab that was like a basement we thought it was like an actual venue first so we were just <laughs> running around looking for the star lab oh you know, looking for like a th like as if it's like a has like a label outside or like a mark key or something yeah um, yeah yeah it was just i think it was just bizarre we were like wait hold on we smoke around here like you know <laughs> um and, and i remember you being like yeah you guys don't have to like go off like walked like down the road, you know, and beyond cars and stuff. We're like, oh, okay. Um, I told you you should just smoke right inside the venue. I believe so. Yeah, like nice. right outside of it. Yeah. Yeah, or maybe right outside. Yeah, of it. we thought like we'd have to go around like you know down the street or something. Mm -hmm. But hey, I mean Massachusetts steering the youth in the right direction. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it was, it wasn't legal, but now it's finally legal here. So thank God. Yeah, it's great. Yeah, that was 2011. So it wouldn't have been legal. It would have been decriminalized. They decriminalized mm -hmm. it in 2008. 
Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, uh, did you did you end up playing any shows this year? Like before, obviously, the shit hit the fan. Uh, I think I only played one show this year, and it was in January. Oh shit! Okay, where's that? Yeah, it was uh, it was at this place, Permanent Records in L.A. Oh, cool. Mhm. I've heard of that. Um, I've never been there. The tried to, wait, Glenn, did you send me something? Something that was at Permanent Records, or am I thinking of something else? Yeah, I. I don't know. I, anyway. Yeah, there's been a lot. Yeah, that, that's like a, that's like an institution, right? Yeah. I, I want to say, like, I saw something uh, that's like, yeah, it was even, like, from, like, decades ago. Has it been around for a while, Permanent Records? I think they have. They started in Chicago. So okay. store in Chicago and then moved to L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And opened a couple stores here. And then they just opened a venue. It's like a record store slash venue uh, that had just opened up recently, circa this past January. And, um, yeah, I think the show that I played there was one of the first shows they had. Okay, wow. All right. Yeah, now that, that's starting to ring a bell a little bit more. I think it was, like, I saw, like, Smith Western. I didn't, like, wasn't there, but I think I saw a video yeah. of, like, Smith Westerns playing at Permanent Records, and that would make sense in Chicago. Yeah. Okay, Yeah, cool. totally. Yeah. Um, I was going to say, uh just to go a little bit back, because we are very curious a lot of times about, like, where, like, sort of, you know, a little bit of, like, origins or whatever people, what they were doing in different projects and everything. Um, with those bands, Fenwick and Have Mercies, did you tour with those bands? Uh, not really. Um, yeah, those bands were pretty much, like, just for fun. Um, Gotcha. And like pretty, pretty inconsequential. <laughs> Just for fun with friends. Sometimes that's the best stuff. Yeah, it, and it was really fun. Yeah. Totally. And then you started doing, you started touring. Um, when you were doing Colleen. When you started Colleen Green as as a like Colleen Green. Um, were you touring like in, in like 2009, 2010? I started touring in March of 2010, I'm pretty sure. Okay. So like, did you play South by Southwest? I, I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, because I feel like I can say that's like, I feel like I did see that or something or um, at some point or whatever, or like a video or something like that. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And then when, yeah, we started like seeing seeing you live and stuff was like 2011 2012 and I remember you went on tour with the Dum Dum Girls mm-hmm. as well uh yeah and then um yeah that was what that was like uh October 2011 something um I don't know it definitely was in 2011 it probably that sounds mm. that sounds about right yeah, for sure. Does it was. feel like it was a long time and, uh, ago or like not that long? Yeah, it feels like it was a really long time ago. Yeah. Interesting. I mean, yeah, I, I feel like it too, yeah. 
Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Um, yeah, because then as well as like that show, like you're saying, you saw even Wolves said Uncharted. Um, mm-hmm. That was the following year. Uh, yeah, man, it de- definitely like, it's weird. I don't know. I feel like that sort of feels like it was not that long ago, but at the same time feels like it was forever ago. I don't know. Yeah, you just saying that that show was in 2012, uh, like that show is such a distant memory for me. I can't even believe that it was as recent as 2012. Yeah. Well, it's weird. I had kind of a thought before. I don't know if you can relate to it or Glenn can relate to it. That uh, it's weird. At a certain point when stuff gets to get like too old, I mean, it just almost feels like a, like old memories almost feel like a movie or something that I saw like a long time ago that I can like remember, but I can't quite remember it. Like something I just saw recently. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> that, that's how I feel. It, it just starts to feel more and more like that. I don't know if, you know. Yeah. It feels like a different life. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like I, I always kind of hated when people be like, Oh, that was like a lifetime ago or something. I didn't really relate to that phrase. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, so it's like, and you had the album, uh, I want to grow up. Yeah. Like obviously I play on like the descendants. I don't want to grow up. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Is there any other like meaning beyond that? Or is it just like a play on the descendants? Uh, well, it all started with that title and it it's definitely influenced by the idea of I don't want to grow up. Sure. Um, which was posed by the descendants and yeah, just thinking a lot about the concept of not wanting to grow up or of wanting to grow up uh, and just kind of like feeling that that tug of war between childhood and adulthood um that kind of was the starting line for the concept of i want to grow up and yeah the songs just kind of came from there cool yeah yeah okay yeah was there like an aha moment when you realized you wanted to go solo I'm sorry. I just I had I just had to ask before I forget. Oh. I I don't remember. Uh, yeah. I and you said like, do people ask about the 420 thing a lot? Like there was a lot of 420 going on back in those days, and um, I really don't remember if I had a an epiphany and just thought. I I don't know. I I know I was like making little demos for fun, um, when like. GarageBand came out. I was really yeah. excited by that, and I was really, I was really excited at the prospect of being able to just like do everything myself and not having to seek out a, an engineer or or anything like that and pay people to actually record me. I was like, oh my god, I can actually do this myself. That's perfect. Um, because I don't trust anybody and I hate paying for stuff. But, yeah. But, <laughs> Uh, yeah, so that was, that was kind of like the, the beginning and, um, yeah, I, I recorded a few songs and just put them up on my MySpace and I just remember a lot of my friends, uh, telling me 
that it was really good and that I should put out a solo record. Um, and I had never, I just never, never really thought about that before. I just always, from the time I was young, I just, I idolized bands and I was into punk rock and everything. And I just thought you, you, you make a band, you know, like that's the way it is. Um, so I guess it just never really, I never really took the idea of being a solo artist seriously or never just really even like considered it seriously. But then, yeah, I guess that idea was planted in my head. And then once I moved to LA and I was actually just physically alone, um, that was the best time for it. And it just kind of happened. No, that's great. And and I, just cause we just mentioned it was, when you recorded the I Want to Grow Up, was that your first time in a studio setting? Um, I think so. I mean, yeah, I had, I, I'd recorded in studios before, but the, they were all like makeshift studios, mm-hmm. like in somebody's basement or something. But yeah, I think that was the first legit studio I ever worked in no that's yeah that's really cool because I remember like the first time I went to a studio probably like maybe like six years after I started making music I, I totally was you know I just couldn't believe it all the whole process of it compared to just sitting there and kind of like what you were doing just recording everything like immediately and not having to deal with anyone else that's pretty mind blowing. I don't know mm-hmm. if you experienced that too, probably. Yeah, for sure. Definitely times when I was in the real studio where I just wished that I knew how to work the board and all the controls and everything so I could just use their equipment and make it sound really good, but just do it myself. So yeah. I don't have to just <laughs> sit behind this like man being being like, oh, turn that down. No, not that much. Turn it back up a little bit. No, not that much. Like it's really tedious. And yeah, um, that would be, that would be really cool. Do you have a preference? I, I like doing, doing it myself. It's like a lot of work, but it's, it's the only way to ensure that you're totally satisfied with with what you've done yeah I, I i can imagine it being sort of a little uh worrisome that someone might just like fuck up something or whatever or you know like or do something you're like oh i wouldn't do it that way yeah uh, yeah no so that totally makes sense isn't it true though um, did you feel the way like yeah. <laughs> that when you were hearing back your sound like it didn't sound as loud or like how you wanted it to be it was like oh this kind of sounds like I don't know what the word is. It just sounded different than like doing it yourself. Oh yeah, totally. Uh, I think for me, the, the, the main thing that I notice when like listening back to, I want to grow up. Um, I just, I hate like my vocals and a, a lot of the time, if I have to sing in a real, ass 
studio setting, I just get too shy because there's all these people like sitting there staring at me, you know, on the other side of the glass. And it's really nerve wracking. Like when you're making demos or you're just recording yourself on GarageBand, it's so much easier. It's, it's, it's there's a lot less pressure. Yeah. Um, and typically there's not like a person sitting next to me in the room when I'm recording stuff on GarageBand. So it's just a lot, I feel a lot more free when I'm in that setting. Um, whereas in a studio, yeah, it's like, it's really nerve wracking and I'm pretty shy. So uh, A, having to sing and like trying to do a really good job because you know that this is forever and this is going to go on your album and there's no changing it. Um, that coupled with like the fact that I'm, my lyrics are just like me bearing my soul pretty much and mm -hmm. having to not only utter those words, but also like sing everything on key and try and make it sound perfect is a lot of pressure. Yeah, yeah. sounds pretty intense. So yeah, when um, I listen to stuff that's recorded in a real studio, I always just kind of like, ah, I should have just done it myself. <laughs> well, yeah. Do you ever feel too, I don't know like if it's because I have assertiveness issues, but not wanting to speak up, not knowing enough about the whole situation to experience that where you were like, okay, fuck it. I don't care. Like just whatever. Yeah. Um, I've kind of like had to learn that I just need to speak up because yeah, like I said, I, I'm pretty shy and um, I can, I, I struggle with like self-confidence sometimes. And um, yeah, when you're in a studio with like a professional that's been doing this for years and years uh, and has a whole list of incredibly famous clients um, in his repertoire, it's, it can be hard to believe in yourself and believe that your ideas are as valid. Mm -hmm. um so and and also just the fact that like being being a woman like i don't know we're conditioned to think that our ideas aren't as good as men's ideas sometimes so yep. yeah the it was it was stacked odds but um yeah so i think like and and also especially when we were recording, I want to grow up. We were, we were, um, we had a time constraint. So we only had 10 days in the studio to get everything done. Um, so, you know, it was hard to know what was the right thing to do. Everything was just kind of like spur of the moment decision and we had to just go with it. But I did actually speak up one time that I remember clearly um, because the engineer had taken some liberty with something and added something that shouldn't have been there and he thought it was super cool and oh yeah <laughs> I had to put my foot down even though he thought it was like the right choice I had to put my foot down and just say like no this isn't me and I don't want that on my album like it doesn't respectfully need a, but it doesn't need a fake violin <laughs> no, I don't know if that's what it was. Yeah. But... Oh no, that's maybe could have used a fake violin, but 
No, thank you for uh, talking about the studio. I always was curious to ask people that as well. Like, did you, I don't want to labor on it too much because did you already have the songs before you went into the studio or did you just go in there like, well, actually, I'm, I'm sure you probably did. Otherwise, it would be maybe a bit of a shit show. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, we, we had to be really prepared before yeah. going in because, like I said, we didn't have very much time in there. Yeah. It's an expensive studio. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. I made the mistake of one time. I just wanted, I, I thought you could just make them up as you go. Yeah, I'm still sitting on those recordings five years later, just because I don't know, like, if they, if anyone wants to hear that kind of thing. It was a total shit show. You're not sure if anybody wants to hear your songs? Like, I, I made them up in the studio. Um, hey, come on. So they're very, like, improvised. Oh. So it's I'd like, like to hear them. Yeah, so it's, it's not really like music, in a way. <laughs> That's kind of cool though, too. It's like experimental. Thank you. Yeah. Hey, if, 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 if I have your encouragement, maybe they'll see the light of day. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I've always wanted to be able to just go into the studio and mess around and like find inspiration in, uh, unexpected places and just let, let the music come, come to me. Um, and like, you could do that back in the day because music, the music industry was making tons of money, but unfortunately people don't pay for music anymore and there's no money, especially when you're like, um, an independent artist like I am, uh, it's even worse. So yeah, you have to, unfortunately you can't just go into the studio and like have that same type of experience you have to be really prepared yeah no totally and yeah yeah it's a good point you had a record label i actually it's funny i heard your song in love like uh, a couple months ago mm -hmm. i was like oh that's sick i was like good for, good for <laughs> colleen but you're seeing a lot of return from that uh yeah <laughs> me too <laughs> nice yeah that was Absolutely. That's a good point um, you made about the, like, people not paying as much for, like, music, obviously, with, like, some people can get stuff, you know, downloading and everything. Um, so as, like, a fan of music, do you prefer, you know, the, obviously, like, the availability today and everything and, and accessibility and it being free, or do you kind of, like, perhaps you know searching for things at like a record store or wherever when you were younger but maybe not as much immediate access to music uh i i don't um i don't know i i'm on the fence about whether or not music should be free i mean i think yeah. as an artist um i know that it's my job. I consider it my career. And, um, I put a lot of work into my art and, um, it is really disheartening thinking that the, the, the mindset is just that like 
anybody can, anybody deserves to just have this and I shouldn't be paid for my labors. Sure. Um, but on the other hand, um, I love the idea of anybody who wants to listen to my music being able to listen to it. So, I mean, I, I try to keep, uh, prices low. Like if I put something online for download, um, I would never, I would never put it for more than I would want to pay for something like that. Um, so I've always tried to keep prices low and fair, what I think is fair, um, for all all my stuff, all my t-shirts and my art and my music and everything like that, where I've seen some people spending, I mean, uh, some people, some bands charging like $50 for a hat, like a baseball hat that they didn't even make themselves. Wow. So, and they, and they sell lots and lots of them. So I'm just like, wow, that's pretty insane. And like good for them, I guess, but I would never ever pay that much for a baseball hat. So I wouldn't charge that much. Sure. Um, for me personally, I don't download music gotcha. at all. Yeah, I, I, uh, I usually don't either. Yeah, I don't really. Pretty much, the only music I listen to is like oldies on the radio or um, or records. I love. I still love going into record stores and just looking through everything and finding finding gems for less than ten dollars. Hell yeah. Yeah. I have a, I've call it a calling green record. Uh, I have a few actually. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely. I, I, I hear you. I think people should buy more, you know, more music and especially records. Um, and uh, you know, and like you said, the hidden gem thing is, I, I love that as well. You know what I mean? I, uh, there's a bunch of stuff that you, I feel like, I don't know. It's weird. It's like, the, I feel like that's a good job of like any like record store or radio show or whatever it is. It's like to almost be like a guide, you know, to like certain music. And I feel like with the, a lot of with like the internet, it's just almost like a vast ocean of just a ton of stuff that's out there. Yeah. So, I don't know, but, but I hear you on that. Uh, yeah, it's it's uh, it's a weird thing, but oh, you said also with the oldies too. Yeah, we're also huge, huge oldies fans. We actually played in in a, a noisy oldies cover band. Oh wow! Yeah, we're called Johnny fun. and Johnny and the Food Masters. But yeah, it, it is it's a lot of fun. Um, the fun isn't always reciprocated by people watching, but. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yeah, um, well, it's funny. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, shit, what the hell's the song? I'm trying to think of that. You covered it, and I didn't realize it was a cover, actually, initially. Um, oh, shit, I'm drawing a blank. Is it, I'm leaving it up to you? Yes, yes. Yeah, so it was, yeah, I'm leaving it up to you. And I actually found the 45, um, which I, I love this record with the green one and dance the night away. And then mm-hmm. why do you call me? And I'm leaving up to you. Uh, why do you call me is my favorite Colleen green song actually. Oh, nice. I like that song a lot too. Yeah. Um, I'm leaving it up to you. Who does the original again? 
Uh, that's uh, Dale and Grace. Okay, cool. Yeah, because I, I didn't realize, it's funny, like, I remember one day, because I knew your song, and I thought I didn't realize it was a cover, and one day I heard the original. I was like, oh, shit, wait a second. Yeah. You um, just heard it on the radio? I can't remember where I heard it, but it probably, yeah, it may have been, like, on the radio or something, um, and then I just, yeah, it, it was just really, I don't know, it was just kind of, a, it, that's happened to me a bunch of times, I'm sure it's happened where you didn't realize something was a cover. Um, yeah. But <laughs> actually there theirs is a cover as well that's a really old song um oh really and the dailing the dailing grace version is kind of like what i was going off of but yeah it's it's older than than them even a lot of those oldies a lot of them are are covers of older even older stuff mm-hmm. like jazz stuff and i forget like uh in like catcher in the rye the end he mentions uh holden mentions like smoke gets in your eyes Mm-hmm. And that would be before the platters one. I mean, it could be a different song. I don't know, but I'm. I think it might. I think it's the same one. I should probably look it up. Yeah, but, uh, that song's really old. That's like a standard, you know. Yeah, exactly. That's with like a lot of those oldies are like a lot of them are like you like even older like standards. Um, yeah. Uh, which I didn't realize that until like much later, but <laughs> whatever. Um. Wait, yeah, Glenn, you were going to say something? Oh, yes. I was just wondering, Colleen, everyone has a favorite song of theirs. What's their favorite song of yours that you, that you you know, you go back to and you're like, oh, shit, damn, I, I was really onto something there. <laughs> uh, I, I really like Why Do You Call Me. Um, Hell yeah. And I also really like uh, I Will Follow Him. Yeah. Okay. Good choices. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, as far as like the oldies stuff, uh, is there any particular like radio stations or shows that you listen to that you could recommend for us? Well, I do listen to an oldies station here in LA. Uh, called k-surf it's a am radio okay and you can't get it out there but you can listen online okay um, yeah and i believe the web address is um laoldies.com okay i'm gonna write it down awesome. but what are the good oldies stations in in massachusetts now um you know honestly it's fine i don't listen to the radio as much uh well there was the memory but, station i don't know but that's been around for years oh yeah you heard of that one yeah the memory station. Hmm. but i think it was am also oh nice yeah there's uh this radio show that i like or it's not i don't know if it's even a radio show but they uh, it's a doo-wop show that's online. It's called, it's not Boston-based, but it's called Crashing the Party. <clears throat> Definitely recommend that. That's like a lot of, there's like a lot of deep cuts, a lot of, it's like, again, it's, it's doo-wop. Um, cool. Yeah, but I totally recommend that. Uh, yeah, I mean, in Boston, there's, there's, I forget what number it is or whatever, but it's, the memory station's pretty cool. Um, huh. Yeah, 
Did you listen to Oldies 103.3 back in the day? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Me too. A lot. Yeah, it's, it's weird. I actually didn't like the oldies as much when I was younger, but I take it you, you got, got into it as a kid. Yeah, uh, I just know whenever I was in the car with my mom, she would always have oldies 103 on. And yeah, I think I was just young enough where I liked whatever, whatever it would have been, I probably would have liked. Right. Do you take yeah. the liking to any yeah. like Kiss One Hundred Eight stuff? Uh, have I or what? what yeah, like back in the old days or in the past. Like, do you have an affinity for pop music? Oh hell yeah, I love pop. I would I would listen to. Sorry, I'm eating now. By the way, um, no, that's fine. Oh, we all are. <laughs> <laughs> I would listen to Kiss One Hundred Eight a lot. Um, I remember when Jamin Ninety Four Five came out. Yeah. I was probably wow. in like third grade or something and it was a new radio station. I would listen to that a lot. Um, even like WAF sometimes would be, would be pretty, cause they used to play like sublime or blink 182 or green day or something on occasion. So. Right. <clears throat> yeah. I, I remember you uh, on, um, Right, I think you were on Breakfast of Champions. Uh huh. Yeah, I remember that. Oh yeah, uh, I remember that. That's cool. That's BC, right? It's w- or WMBR, MIT. I think. Is it? It's MIT, right? 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 Yeah. Oh, yeah There's so many that. over there. I can't keep track. Yeah. 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 I don't. I. I don't want to. Well, it's weird. Like, I'm not really in the car anymore. Like. You know, it's with like uh, quarantine and everything. I don't. Yeah. That uh, I haven't really listened to like the. I couldn't t- honestly tell you the last time I listened to the radio that it's it's just kind of weird. I haven't really been in ca- cars too much, and I mean a little bit, but I haven't really been in cars too much in like the last eight months or so. Mm. Um. Yeah. I have a little radio in my room, so. Oh, nice. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. I have a cassette player next to my bed that uh, is pretty sweet. That uh, I got a bunch of old cassettes and new cassettes and whole whole thing. Um, you you still put out cassettes, right? Uh, yeah. Cool. Well, I'll just snag a Colleen Green cassette sometime then. Um, you gotta cool. ask the. It's time for the question. It's the question. Oh yeah, we ask everyone. everyone right? This will probably be our, our final question, but uh, when do you think shows will return as in like people actually going to like clubs or in or whatever, like anywhere indoors, mm-hmm. indoor, indoors and not just like, you know, a distance outside thing? I have no idea. I won't even venture a guess because um, I'm, I will probably be wrong no matter what I guessed. Are you ready for whatever <laughs> yeah, the answer I mean, we, is? Yeah, that. What? Are you ready for, like, does it make you sad to think that it could be a while, or you have you got, like, moved into the acceptance phase? Um, I, I think the acceptance phase is kind of dangerous, but, uh, 
I will say that it's been somewhat of a relief not having to play shows this year and not having to go on tour, even though I love to travel and I like to perform. Um, mm. Playing shows and touring is really, really stressful for me. Uh, but at the same time, it's how I make most of my money. So I'm, I'm a little bit torn on the subject. Uh, so I got you. I don't know. Like if, if I never had to play a show again, I'd, I'd be okay with it, but I need to figure out another way to make money in that, in that case. Yeah, totally. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. It with all, like you said, like all like the, you know, all the strenuous stuff of like being in an, you know, having to tra go, you know, on tour, travel and everything and, and all the shows. Um, yeah, it must be a little bit of a relief to, to be like, just able to chill. Yeah. Yeah, that makes, that makes sense. Totally. Um, yeah, well, uh, yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess we'll see what happens. Uh, I, I certainly hope that, uh, I don't know, I'm keeping optimistic. So, we'll see. I don't know. That's also good. realistic, too. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll see you back in Boston for your December 26th, 2021 show. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, no, totally. I was love the, the, the annual uh, Boston show. It's, it's really cool. Thanks. Yeah, any, any last minute things you, you want to plug um, before we say bye? Nope. All right, cool. All right, uh, well, we definitely appreciate you taking the time to talk with us. Um, you know. It's, yeah, no uh, problem. Yeah, thank yeah, you. Yeah, a lot of fun. Uh, oh, have fun. Have a great birthday. Thanks. Yeah, and uh, I hope you find a nice scary movie to watch. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, totally. I, I recommend if you haven't seen, you may have already, The Wicker Man from 1973. Okay, okay. Cool. All right. Well, uh, have a good night. Thanks again. Yeah, Appreciate thanks it. Colin. All right. Take care. Thanks, guys. You too. Bye. All right. We'll see you. Bye.